The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Matthew. I feel so solemn in here tonight. Matthew's the first book of the New Testament, and we're going to read. three wise men and uh, we do have some notes for you tonight I'm glad you have notes because mine are gone so hopefully this will work out let's let's uh, read the word of the Lord Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod king the king behold wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and all the people together, He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So he said to them, so they said to him, pardon me, in Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Liar. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. With exceedingly great joy. Well, I wonder what that looks like. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother, fell down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Come on, let's pray. Would you lift your voice and ask God to speak to you? Lord, speak to us, God, tonight. 
We thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I've, I've entitled this, uh, I've done a number of series, you may be seated, uh, I've done a number of series, I'm in the midst of a series uh, on grace, and uh, we're in the midst of a series on the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, on Wednesday nights, and been having a tremendous time in both of those series. I kind of have an ongoing series, which uh, I like to call redigging the wells, the ancient wells, and what that means is... Well, it's refried beans, refried rice. Anybody know what refried rice is? All right. It's a message I actually preached before. And some messages, in fact, I was told early on, if you prepare a message that's worth preaching, it's worth preaching more than once. And uh, that certainly is true. I uh, endeavor to bring fresh manna from the Word every time I come into the pulpit. But I taught on this uh, in the area of giving this morning in all of our services, and afterwards, I thought to myself, I said, Self, you need to preach the whole message there. And um, I remember when I first preached this, it just impacted me in a profound way. Matthew's theme, every gospel has a theme. Matthew's theme is Jesus is king. And you find here in the book of Matthew the story of the wise men, frequently called the three wise men, but there was not three. There could have been 20. We don't know. There's only there's three gifts, and that's why they say three wise men. Jesus' birth was anticipated by the whole world. You say, what do you mean by that? If you study Ro- uh, Roman history, uh, the historians, and you study Roman history, there's an understanding, a worldwide belief that there was going to come this Savior and Lord. And it was such a strong belief that Augustus Caesar took the title savior and lord and the reason he did that was to preempt any savior and lord that would come into the earth so really there's a worldwide anticipation at the time of the birth of jesus that there was going to come this ruler kind of amazing of course he did come and that's what christmas is all about jesus And the responses to the birth of Jesus are astounding. And I talked about them this morning, but to put them in your notes, Herod. Herod was, well, he was crazy. He killed his son. He murdered his son and his wife because he thought that they were going to take the throne. Herod had complete rejection over over the Lord didn't want the Lord at all didn't want he says he's going to go worship him but how many of you know that's not what he did he went and performed genocide so Herod's response to the birth of Jesus is one of rejection and my 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 isn't there a lot of people rejecting the Lord the religious leaders is one of indifference you can fill the notes in indifference they're indifferent. They, they, don't, they don't care. You say, what do you mean they don't care? They simply don't care because they, they knew where the Messiah was going to be born, but they didn't do anything about it. They didn't go. 
They didn't, they didn't, they didn't participate in going and worshiping with these wise men that came from the east. Magi. They were, they were from Persia, from the east. They were, they were the educated uh, class that was close to the throne. Daniel being one of their number, probably disciples of Daniel. How many of you know that Daniel was a, a great prophet and you can read the book of Daniel? And they traveled a great distance, two years. And we know that because they, they spoke about the time when they first saw the celestial sign, the sign in the heavens. Two years they traveled. And, and then they had two years to go home. A four-year journey. I mean, that's kind of amazing. So the religious Herod is one of rejection. The response to the birth of Jesus is one of rejection. The religious leaders is one of indifference. And the wise men, well, they came to worship God. And the wise men challenge us to worship. The wise men challenge to worship with true dedication. With true dedication. I poked fun at it this morning, but it just is astounding to me that there are people that refuse to drive to church when it's raining or, or maybe it's cold. You know, there are people in Africa that will travel a whole week to actually, to, uh, pardon me, a whole day to actually get to a service. They'll walk all day Saturday to get there to have church on Sunday. And by the way, when they come, they don't stay for an hour service. They, they have church all day long, all night, and then they'll walk home. We have, uh, I believe it's 13 different churches in the Philippines. We have one of our, uh, a number of our churches there. The pastors actually sleep on the floor. It's dirt. They sleep on the floor. And they... They get up and they visit their congregation and they try to reach the different areas that they're in. And I mean, pastors that sleep on the floor. There's pastors that resign from churches because they get offended or something. There's people that quit going to church because they had somebody say something that was off color or not nice or even prejudice. I'm not saying it's right. It's not. But I mean, quit church. <laughs> four years four years for one moment to worship the Lord to give sacrificially a group of people that brought the attention of Herod and brought the attention of all of Jerusalem all of Jerusalem took note that they had entered into town wow true true dedication they not only worship the Lord with true dedication, but with real reverence. With real reverence. You know, and reverence is not, um, reverence is not being quiet in church. In fact, this really jumped out at me. We were reading the Bible. And, uh, This, this star comes, and it's a supernatural sign. 
It's a sign and a wonder. You say, what's a sign and a wonder? It's a sign that makes you wonder. That's what a sign and a wonder is. In other words, when you see, you're like, wow, I wonder what that means. I don't know. I wonder too. So they had a sign and a wonder, and they followed this star. And I guess, you know, I guess it moved. And so it's led them to right to where the child was. Now, Jesus... There's a little baby Jesus, and you know, we all have these nativities, and I have the most amazing nativity that I was given a number of years ago. It is the most beautiful nativity ever. I mean, it's just amazing. It's like they look real. And every year I take a little picture of it, and I put it on Instagram because it's just so cool. So I'm looking forward to doing that later tonight. Because their clothes and everything, it's like, you know, it's amazing. Okay, the wise men, when they came, baby Jesus wasn't a baby. Okay, he's probably two years old. And, and it wasn't in the manger. It says when they came to the house, you'll see. So they came to the house. And it says that when they saw the young, where, the, where the, the star stood over where the young child was, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. What kind of... Now, great joy is quite a statement. I mean, what does great joy look like? We're not talking about great joy. I mean, what's great joy? Yes! What is exceedingly great joy? What is that? I don't know that I could do that before you. My mom, this is my mother, my, my mom, my mom is so good to have you in church. My mom said, oh, yes, you can. You can do that. I said, no. Oh. I'm going over here. Praise the Lord. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Reverence. They worship with real dedication. They worship with real reverence. What is reverence? You see, I was raised as a Catholic for a while before I became a Presbyterian, before I became a pagan, before I got saved. Oh, I became, before I became a Buddhist, and then I got saved. Reverence. When I was a, when I was a Catholic, you had to be reverent, you know. And, and, and reverence as, as a Catholic, when I was a Roman Catholic, reverence was like being quiet. That's what re- reverence was. You better not make one noise, including opening a candy. Did anybody ever open a candy? What are you talking about? I mean, it's just like you're trying to undo a wrapper and it's like oh my god there's people looking at you you know because you're undoing a gum wrapper for goodness sake my brothers and I used to have so much fun in uh, in Catholic church and we just you know it was it was a dangerous thing because if dad caught you you know, you got a knot upside the back of your head. He would take his college ring and turn it inside out and kind of, not in a super violent way, but you felt it. You know what I'm saying? You're messing around. And I remember this one part. I think we were doing interpretive dance before. I think we were doing interpretive dance before there was interpretive dance. There's this one prayer that says, you know, we... We lift our hearts up to the Lord. So I would, my, my dad would be looking off to the other side. I would go. <laughs> Just make sure he wasn't watching. Because if you did, oh, it was going to be bad. <laughs> and, and consequently, since my mother's here, we went to the St. James Church 
in Smithtown, Long Island, St. James, and there was a bunch of hippie believers, some long hairs. <laughs> I hope somebody's laughing. That's what they used to call hippies, long hairs. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? They had this, the, the Jesus movement in the 70s, and they came up, I will never forget. Now, the, the, the church was as dead as a doornail. I mean, the church was dead. Dead, dead, dead. Boring, go to sleep, dead. And they had these people that came and they said, I'll never forget, there was about four of them. They had guitars. They set up some microphones in the corner of the church. And the priest said, we have some music this morning. So, and these, these lovers of Jesus blew the place up with this song that, I mean, the Spirit of God touched me. I was probably, oh, I don't know. I was probably nine years old, eight or nine. And I just remember, whoa. I remember going, it stirred me. I just wish the whole family got saved back then. We had to go through some stuff before we got saved. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so reverence at the Catholic Church, when I grew up, and maybe it was different for you in the Catholic Church. I know there's charismatic Catholics, and I know there's some people that really love the Lord and go to the Catholic Church. I understand that. And I think you can get saved by going to the Catholic Church. It's just it's a little hard sometimes. And, and it's really different depending upon where you go. And some say that the Catholic Church is a cult because of the worship of Mary. And really, it just depends on where you go. It's just every Catholic Church seems to be different to me. Thank God for the Catholic. If it wasn't for St. Jerome, you would not be holding this right here. You wouldn't have a Bible if, you, if we didn't have Catholics. And uh, obviously, there's issues and problems. But thank God for what's good and right. So in the Catholic Church, for me and growing up, being reverent was being quiet. Silent. But that's not what reverence is. Reverence is awe mixed with fear. But I don't mean the kind of fear, fear of the boogeyman. I'm not talking about the fear of the boogeyman. I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. It's a very different kind of fear. It's, it's awe and, and love and sensitivity to him and what he's doing. Do you know, to be reverent, it could be irreverent to be quiet when the Holy Spirit is being poured out on people. Well, that's a new thought. So when God's touching people and people are weeping, people are crying, you shut that down and you just... It can be irreverent not to run. It can be irreverent to run. You don't mean run? I'm talking about in church. I'm talking about running around the building. That's what I'm talking about. You're like, I've never seen that. It can happen. And it can be irreverent not to let the Lord move you in a way that he's moving. See, so many people quench the spirit of God. And they, they, you know, they want transformation, they want change, but they're not going to do one thing different than what they feel comfortable doing. And really, I think that you can make comfort your God. Listen, the Holy Spirit can come on you, touch you, you can get convicted of sin, you can fold your arms and say, I'm not moving one bit. Well, you're being irreverent. You can be silent. Silent night. Well, it can, be, it can be irreverent to have a silent night sometimes. They worship with true dedication. They worship with real reverence. And I have no idea what the third point is. Because I don't have notes. They're gone. 
You fill in the blank. Just get a word of knowledge or something and just fill it in. Let me bring the application, but he's chiming out. Sacrificially. Okay, Jim, come on. What do you got? They worship the Lord with exceedingly great joy. We're going to put D in there too. So C is they worship with exceedingly great joy. D is sacrificially. How's that? They gave. They, they gave. <laughs> I don't know. The Lord's helping me for not having notes. Glory to God. <laughs> where, uh, where are you tonight in the category of these three different people? Are you Herod? Are you afraid that you yield to the Lord and live for him? That it'll mess up your life and ask you to do something that you never wanted to do? Herod was rejected Jesus and in fact wanted to murder him. And that's why there was genocide, if you read on. Also in fulfillment of prophetic word. Are you like the religious leaders? Listen, don't, don't, don't take religion as a substitute for reality. Oh, that's good. Don't use, as a, don't use religion as a substitute for reality. The religious leaders, they didn't really give a fig, F-I-G, fig. They didn't care about Jesus because if they did, they would have gone with the, the wise men. But they didn't, which is shocking because if you were a Jew at that time, even now, you prayed for the Messiah. I mean, every day you prayed, oh, send the Messiah. So now word of the Christ, the Messiah comes and they don't go. It's shocking to me. And there are people that are just come to church to ease some sort of religious itch that they might have but really they're not into change they're not into transformation they don't want to hear one message of conviction they just want to satisfy maybe their own guilt and try to glaze it over try to shellac it just a little bit with a little bit of religious action but they don't care about the truth there are people like that maybe even here tonight and then the third category responses to Jesus are the wise men. That's what we want to be like. We want to be like the wise men. We want to worship with real dedication. We want to worship with real reverence. We want to worship with exceedingly great joy. And fourthly, we want to worship sacrificially. Did you put D in? Did you get something tonight? Would you stand up on your feet? Come on, examine your heart. Can I have a worship leader? There we go. Thank you. Hannah Joy, would you please get on the piano? We're good. Come on, just talk to Jesus. Come on, just talk to him. Where are you? If you're a Herod, we'll just acknowledge it and repent. If you've been reduced to a religious person, 
is that religion and tradition will never help you. Oh, but God will. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voice before the throne of God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. speak to us right now by your spirit. rejected your leadership at times. Lord, forgive us for where we've been indifferent. Help us, Lord. Thank you for wisdom. 
four years to worship you for one moment with exceeding great joy, reverence, dedication, and sacrificial giving. Let us be like that. given your heart to Jesus, you've never asked God to forgive you for all of your sin, won't you do it tonight? Won't you do it right now? You say, well, I, I, I did that years ago. Well, then maybe, maybe you need to recommit your life. Have you drifted away in your walk with the Lord? Have you drifted away? Are you as on fire as you used to be? you lost your joy they worshipped with exceedingly great joy I've found when folks lose their joy they begin to drift the joy of the Lord is your strength as it says in the book of Nehemiah if you lost your joy if you lost your, your fire if you lost your passion for the word your passion for the things of God are you begun to compromise begun to justify your sin and your your walk, which is anemic, but going to justify that. If you have, you need to come back to Jesus. You need to return to your first love tonight. Tonight. You say, well, I'm not ready. The enemy makes sure you're never ready. Jesus meets every human need. Every human need he meets. All across this place, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you. You want to give your life to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to Him. Would you slip your hand up? Just do it right now. Just lift your hand. Say, that's me. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you, son. Praise God. God bless you. I know maybe lifting a hand might be hard for some of you. We certainly never want to embarrass anybody. The Word of God does say that if you acknowledge me, Jesus said this, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you. It's important to make a public declaration. So we're going to pray right now. And if you're praying that prayer for the very first time, won't you let me or one of my staff... Pastor Alex, Minister Micah, won't you, won't you let them know that you, you prayed that prayer and you're going to live for God. You tell somebody about it, right? Won't you pray all together? Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. 
Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Give me a hunger for the Word. A hunger for the things of the Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And give me exceedingly great joy. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Help me to worship with real reverence. With real dedication. With exceedingly great joy. And sacrificially. Because you're worthy. Touch and fill each and every person, those online. Lord, touch the deans tonight. Lord, touch the different people across our nation that are online, those that will listen by podcast. Touch this congregation, Lord, from the youngest to the, to the oldest, Lord, and everybody in between. Lord, thank you that you are touching a generation and you still have wise men today. Praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you reach across and take someone by the hand? And we'll close tonight. If we don't get to see you, we want to be sure to wish you the, the most Merry Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' birth that you've ever had. You and your family, may there be peace and joy around your home and around your table. And God, we pray for those who are hurting tonight who are perplexed, even confused, for those that are grieving, Lord, that you would minister to them by your love, that you would help us even to be your hand extended. Thank you, God. Father, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name. One more thing, one more thing. Minister Chris has informed me that we have some gifts for children. If you didn't get, if your child did not get a gift this morning, we've got a Christmas gift for him. Up to what age, Minister Chris? 12 years old and under. So if you're 12 and under, so 13, you're out. 12 and under. We've got a gift for you. Just see this good-looking young man in the bow tie up front here. If you didn't get a gift this morning, we have one for you right now. You just see Minister Chris right here, and he'll bless you. We love you. God bless you. We hope to see you Wednesday night, Christmas Eve, candlelight communion service, 7 p.m. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska, and Pastor Daniel Brackett. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.